welcome to our 23rd episode of Two Tankers and a Cat. We're your host, I'm Charlie. And this is Russell. So, um, Russ and I were having a busy month and uh, we came up with the Tiger 712 episode. And thank you to everybody that uh, threw us some support there. We had some people donate to help get the Tiger fixed. Um, that's still, you know, on... Uh, GoFundMe, right? Yes, it is. It's and, on the GoFundMe site. Yeah, and you can find that GoFundMe site on our Facebook. But here I was thinking I did a perfect episode on Tiger 7112. And then I get a comment from some guy named David Burden. Is that his name? David? Yeah, David Burden. Okay. Now, most people in the historical tank club that we belong to or groups that we belong to. No, David, I did not. Yeah, uh, this is the first I'd heard of him. <laughs> and uh, uh, if you don't know David Burden, uh, he has probably co-authored more books about the tiger. Uh, they have a wonderful, just great form on the internet called uh, Tiger and Tiger and Focus. Yeah, the Tiger and Focus form. Yep, yep. And it's all about the Tiger ones and Tiger twos, and they have researched. This like you would not believe. These guys have dug up old pictures, uh, traveled all over Europe, and you know dug up these archives. So, but I didn't know this David guy, and he goes, "Hey, uh, all your information on the 712 is just way old, and uh, you probably didn't do the research the way you should have. <laughs> you know, like you should have came to my site and learned yeah. all about it." And I'm like, "Listen, dude." I've been down to Fort Benning and seen the 712 myself. I've been up to the Apostle Islands where the POWs were held that they were captured in North Africa. So don't tell me. No, no, no. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? He's a friend of Craig Moore's. And if I've, all, if I've learned something in the past, Craig knows his business and he usually has pretty smart people around him. Yeah, he does. So I went in there and I started checking around. And I'm like, okay, David, tell me what you think you know about the 712. We're going to have to make a new episode. I agree, man. It's just incredible, the information he... He sent us 19 pages yeah. of uh, stuff, and we are going to have to rename a, a uh, episode. Yeah. Uh, just the David Burden tank, <laughs> tank episode, or... My personal apology to David yeah. Burden and everybody at that forum. Yeah, this guy definitely knows his stuff. Uh, he knew uh, what, why the uh, church didn't match, and he knew all this stuff. And he was talking about where it was and this picture of this tank yeah. and when it was captured. Yeah, it and looks like they base a lot of their research on pictures. From what I understand. Yeah, and, and uh, they actually have uh, archive or German uh, field reports and stuff like that that they've actually dug up. So, I mean, these boys know what they're doing. Yes. Uh, I think their site is password protected now, so, you, you know, you, I don't think a normal guy can just jump up and... Yeah, on the forums, yeah. Right, and, and get on there. Uh, David, thank you so much for, you know catching us and yes, calling us out yes that's we, awesome but we live for that we we're, do we're, we yeah, are so yeah. glad that people come up and say yeah hey you're wrong and here's why yeah. and that's what we want i mean we want our our listeners and followers to 
to call us out. Yeah. I mean, if they, they see or hear anything wrong, call us out on it. That's what we want. So we're really glad that we actually get to call David now a friend of the show. There you go. So we're going to have to redo an episode. And yeah. he, he gave just about a whole battalion. Oh, it, it's incredible, yeah. So we're going to have to do another episode. And we'll probably just do the, an episode on the 501 Battalion in Africa. Sure. Because, uh, you know, and we'll probably have to say, hey, uh, if we send you a coffee mug or something, will you, <laughs> will you give us some more information? Yeah. So, David, we might be sending you a coffee mug with two yeah. tankers and a cat on it. So. Yeah. We are going to get some merchandising yes, done. Yeah. We're going to get t-shirts We've and talked stuff. about that, and that, that would be pretty awesome to get some of our own merchandise out there to sell. Well, we want to give a big, huge shout-out uh, to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we've got my, my buddy, Andy Crow at the Stewart level. And then we have the internet guy, uh, ODS Theron. And then at the M4 Sherman level, we got Rick Schmidt and at the M1 Abrams. Who do we have? Yeah. Born Ben. I believe that's a new follower or a new patron there. Oh, excellent. At that level. We've also got Kevin Chin. He's been a patron for, I think a Two or three months now. Nice. And Kyler Montgomery, he's been with us a couple months, and Mark Drake. Very nice. So this episode, but again, huge shout out to our Patreon and our PayPal supporters. Um, believe it or not, we're still wanting more people to join us and support us. The expense on some of these oh, microphones. I know. And, and, it's, it's incredible. Um, I We just took a trip up to uh, Minnesota to the Russell Military uh, Museum and the Indiana Military Museum and just the recording stuff there. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, we did take some private video and stuff and we'll be posting that on uh, Patreon as soon as... Um, well, Russell's in the middle of yeah, moving. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely busy right now. I'm yeah. lucky to get time to even do these couple episodes we're doing this evening and yeah... Started a new job about 45 minutes away from where I've been for several years, and it's it's been a big change. Yeah, but he's still doing the cop thing. So. Oh, yeah, still a cop. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about our episode. Everybody's going to go, well, wait a minute. This is an armored car. It's not a tank. I'm like, hey, you know what? It has a turret and a gun. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, my God, if it has a turret and a gun, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, we're going to do an episode on the A-10 uh, Warthog soon. Yeah, yeah. And That'll be very interesting. And everybody says, well, why are you going to do that? And I'm like, because it's a flying tank. It's, yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> or it's definitely a tank, tank killer. killer. There yeah. you go, yeah. So, um, but we will uh, talk about right now, we're going to talk about the M-8 armored car, also known as the, uh, the Greyhound. And I consider it a tank with wheels. Uh, the second point is we're going to talk about the M8 versus the Tiger II. Now, there has been a lot of controversy about this, like if it actually happened and stuff. So I actually did some research, and we looked in a couple of books, uh, one of the books uh, the Major had wrote, and you know, the Battlefield Reports. I think I've got it worked out what they really saw and what, and we'll try to get into what happened. But yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about a little M8 Greyhound and right. how it killed a Tiger too. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear about it. Okay, Russell, uh, tell us a little bit about the M8 and what it was originally designed for. 
Yeah, the M8 light armored car is a 6x6 armored car produced by the Ford Motor Company during World War II. It was used from 1943 by the United States and British troops in Europe and the Far East until the end of the war. The vehicle was widely exported and as of 2006 still remained in service with some countries. In British service, the M8 was known as the Greyhound, a nickname seldom if ever used by the United States. Yeah, you know, I notice most of these nicknames of American stuff come from the, you know, the British. Yeah. The British were pretty good at naming stuff. It, we, it, it, we were yeah. just like M4, M8, <laughs> M6, and we're like... Just keep it easy. Yeah. And the British were like Achilles, uh, you know, Greyhound, Bishop, Priest. Oh, we're going to have to do an artillery episode. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love... We've got some awesome artillery we're gonna stuff to, that we've seen in museums. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. That was one of my favorite museums, I think, at Fort Seal with their, with their artillery, artillery pieces. It, it's incredible what they've got down there. Uh, if, if you, We're not really actually talking about the you know artillery piece you can push up we're talking about uh i guess spgs yeah exactly, you know mobile yeah. mobile artillery mm-hmm. or self-propelled self-propelled guns, guns exactly so uh, this was this thing was typical american you know this m8 uh it was easy to make it was easy to fix it was super easy to ship uh and was used until like you said 2006 yeah you know in certain countries well, Russ, tell us what it was originally designed for. In July 1941, the U.S. Army Ordnance Department initiated the development of a new fast tank destroyer to replace the M6 37mm gun motor carriage, which was essentially a three-quarter ton Jeep with a 37mm gun installed in the rear bed. Now, I've looked at the M6, and all I can see is it's a Jeep... <laughs> With a gun on, you know, you know, some like bazooka looking artillery Uh piece. And I'm like, okay, so the army's like, I don't think this is a good idea. (laughs) So they they decided they were going to make this into a tank destroyer. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and keep on. The requirement was for a six by four wheeled vehicle armed with a 37 millimeter gun a coaxial machine gun mounted in a turret, and a machine gun in the front hole. Its glacious armor was supposed to withstand fire from a 50 caliber machine gun, and the side armor of the vehicle was supposed to be protected from a 30 caliber machine gun. You know what? Uh, if you're using it as something quick, and yeah. you're not you know, thinking that you're going to run into a lot of heavy, heavy stuff, yeah, you know, if it'll stop a fifty caliber from the front and thirty caliber Heck from the yeah. side, you know, basically machine gun light, yeah. small arms fire. You're you're doing pretty good. Prototypes were submitted by Studebaker, uh, designated T twenty one, Ford. It was designated T twenty two, and Chrysler, designated T twenty three. All of them quite similar in design and appearance. See that that's the Americans for you. Yeah. T twenty one, T twenty two, T twenty three, and we're like. Well, we need to be more like the European, you know, the British. They give them cool names. We need to do an episode on just naming techniques on why yeah. they decided to name it, tanks the way they named them. Yeah, because if you look at the British, they've got the Centurion, mm-hmm, the Carnarvon, sure. you know, all these cool tanks. Cool names. Cromwell. <laughs> you know, I'm like, 
Okay. Cool name. <laughs> and what do we got? Um, uh, M4. M4 Sherman. Yeah, but the Sherman yeah, came from the uh, Br- British, too. And I I'm like, we, we really need to work on <laughs> In April 1942, the T-22 was selected. By then, it was clear that the 37-millimeter gun would not be effective against the front armor of German tanks. So the tank destroyer became a new armored car, now designated the M8. It took on a reconnaissance role instead. So they're like, okay, at the beginning of the war, they had the little Panzer threes, And they're saying, hey, these little Stuarts uh, and these uh, M3 Lees with the turrets with the 37 are doing pretty good against these Panzer threes. So they're like, oh, we'll just put it on a 6x6 and just race it across the desert. And then all of a sudden, the tiger pops up and Uh, the panther pops up uh and the tiger. And they're like... Okay, Whoops. so you're not a tank destroyer anymore. You're a, you're a recon yeah. car. Contract issues and minor design improvements delayed serial production until March of 1943, and production ended in June of 1945. So just basically about two years of production. Yeah. But yeah, contract issues in, oh. in the United States? No. Oh. No. <laughs> wow. So, in our travels uh, to tank museums, we've had a chance to go hands-on with this vehicle, this M8. Like I said, we were in Fort Riley. Yes, yeah. The museum there at Fort Riley on their main base. So, if you get a chance to get into our beautiful state of Kansas, and you can dodge the tornadoes and the lightning strikes. Oh, lightning the cat. (laughs) Now you know where that came from. Um, so, but yeah, if you can't get a chance to come to Kansas, you want to swing by Fort Riley. Yeah. You've got a whole bunch of tanks. Isn't that where our famous AMX 30 episode? It is. Yes. Yeah. Where me yeah. and you snuck up on the live fire uh-huh. range. Yeah. That's the same it, base. If you don't know that story, me and Russ <laughs> pull up, uh, on this army base during a live fire. <laughs> they were out there firing the Bradleys at the yeah, time. Yeah, they're big 20-millimeter cannons, and they're like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and we're out there running around, of course, taking pictures. And we noticed one of these majors or one of the big officers mm-hmm. walk all the way down from the tower. The firing tower, yeah. And walk all over there, and he goes, hey, guys, are you having a good time? And I said, yeah, we love the Amex 30. He says, do you got a, enough pictures? And I said, yeah, yeah, we were just having a great time taking pictures. He goes, well, we're having a live fire, and we're worried about <laughs> ricochets and stuff coming back and killing you. <laughs> Could you get off our firing range? <laughs> We're like, uh, yeah, yeah. thanks for not calling the MPs and having them beat us to death. And here I thought by going on a Sunday, there wouldn't be much going on, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, we figured, you know, Sunday, nope, they're out there firing live (laughs) rounds at the side of a mountain. Uh, And we're like, oh, so if you get out to Fort Riley, you'll get to see the M8 and maybe get to see some live fire. Heck yeah. Hey, Russ, uh, we got a little off topic. Why don't you get us back on track and get give me some stats on the uh, M8? Yeah, it was designed by the Ford Motor Company uh, in 1942. It was also manufactured by the Ford Motor Company. And like we mentioned, it was produced between March of 1943 and June of 1945. They produced about 8,523M8s. They made 8,500 of these things. I know, things. I know. No wonder they were yeah, still around until 2006. Around, sure. yeah. uh, they weighed 17,400 pounds or 7.89 metric tons. 
They were 16 foot 5 inches long or 5 meters long. They were 8 foot 4 inches wide or 2.54 meters. And they were 7 foot 4.5 inches tall or 2.25 meters tall. They had a crew of four, a commander slash loader, a gunner and a driver. And they also had an assistant driver. That's quite a crew for... Yeah. For something like that, yeah. But, but you know, kind of expect the, like, the commander gunner, but they're yeah. like, no, no, uh, you go ahead and load there, <laughs> yeah. Sarge. I don't think that worked today. No, probably not. <laughs> and we were talking about what what kind of armor. Yeah, it had one-inch armor or 25.4 millimeters thick. Well, that'll stop them shooting yeah. fire. not bad. It had a main armament of one 37-millimeter gun, which they carried about 80 rounds of that. It had a secondary armament of one 30 caliber machine gun or 7.62 millimeter. Also had a Browning M1919 machine gun and they carried about 1500 rounds for the machine guns. Also had a 50 caliber Browning M2HB machine gun. They carried about 400 rounds of that on board. So basically it ha- only had two machine guns. The 30 caliber was the Browning M1919. Oh, okay, yeah. And it they carried 15 rounds on yeah, that. Yeah, 1500, yeah. And I think that was kind of a side-mounted gun uh, on the uh, 37 so they could track it with the Oh, wow. That. But the 50 caliber on top of the turret, they had a circle uh swing on it. So they could actually pull it down and shoot up at aircraft. Oh, aircraft. Cool. So, and they could just basically slide yeah. around this kind of circle thing. Uh, We're going to post pictures of this M8 and we'll make sure and put the 50 cal on yeah. top. Uh, but if you don't know the 50 cal, it, 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 yeah. it'll keep your, keep oh, the enemy's yeah. heads down. Oh yeah, it will. And the 37, if there's a machine gun nest somewhere, the, yeah. it can just drive up there and kill it. Sure. So, Bonus there, but not not so much for killing tiger yeah, tanks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, what kind of engine did it have? It had a Hercules JXD six-cylinder, four-cycle inline gasoline engine. It put out about 110 horsepower, or 82 kilowatt, at 3,200 RPM. Okay. Had a power-to-weight ratio of 13.94 horsepower per metric ton. Had a synchro mesh transmission. Had four speeds forward and one speed reverse. Okay. Had a leaf spring suspension, <laughs> which probably wasn't too smooth of a ride. Uh, no. At, at no. that time period. And it had a ground clearance of about 11 and a half inches or 0.29 meters. And, and we're going to start doing more yeah. with the ground clearance because we know that's important. So what was the fuel capacity? It held about 56 U.S. gallons or 210 liters of fuel which gave it an operational range of about 350 miles or 560 kilometers on road. It had a speed of 55 miles per hour or 89 kilometers an hour on the road, and it used a regular steering wheel for to steer it. Wow. So it, here it is. It can go up to 350 miles at 55 miles an hour. So it's racing, racing around. Yeah. And if the infantry is like, hey, I've got... You know, a bunker over here needs a couple of, you know, rounds in it. They could race over, shoot the 37 with some HE or high explosive or whatever they needed. Did we have any other reconnaissance vehicles at that time that would go that fast? Well, not that fast. 
I, that's what I, I was I've been thinking. checking it. The, yeah. I think that was our fastest reconnaissance. I, I know we we were using the Stewart for uh, yeah, reconnaissance, true. but it wasn't moving that fast. No, I don't think. Yeah. Uh-uh. So basically, if they had a machine gun nest and they could, they were getting pinned down. Yeah. They could have this thing run up there and shoot a couple of rounds, machine gun everything, and they could go on, and it could get there quick. Well, it sounds like a great recon and that's I, probably why they used it until 2006 sure and they're easy that inline oh, six cylinder yeah. that those are easy to fix <laughs> so i think i had a inline six cylinder on a rambler once <laughs> <laughs> the car that i had when i was like a kid uh-huh. so you know the big 50 caliber uh had a that like we were talking about that sliding circle mount and the 30 caliber was in the turret you know machine gun it's got one inch armor i'm pretty i'd be pretty happy with it i think so i know they had other stuff they put in the m8 for the crew i i know they carried a mix of grenades they carried 16 smoke and hand grenades uh they carried four smoke pots and they uh, carried six m1 anti-tank mines and the crew had the just m1 carbine hey there you go so Here's this tank that could run out, pop smoke, let them know where the enemy's at, or they could use the big smoke pots. Yeah. You know, to say, hey, there's a big sure. whole line of here, and they could call in, sure. it, you know, artillery and stuff like that. Uh, pretty good reconnaissance vehicle. Heck yeah. You know, if it did break down, you had a crew with, you know, yeah. M1 rifles and hand, gun- Shoot, or hand yeah. grenades. So they're. They're in there. Um, Russ, when did the M8 actually see combat service? The M8 first saw action in Sicily in 1943 and was subsequently used by the U.S. Army in Italy, Europe, and the Pacific. In the latter theater, it was used mostly on Okinawa and the Philippines and was even employed in its original tank destroyer role as most Japanese tanks had armor that was vulnerable to its 37-millimeter gun. Nice. So it did get to be a tank sure. destroyer. Yeah, that's cool. So when their original design, when it came up against these Japanese tanks yeah. that had rivets, and we've done sure. episodes yeah, on we've there. talked about that, yeah. Um, so it was. It was going 55 miles an hour, and it'd find mm-hmm. an old, slow Japanese tank. It'd go right through it. It'd just circle around the tank a little bit in the Japanese tank and, and kill it. the crap out of it, yeah. Well, you know what? So it did get to, it did get to yeah, play its it tank did. destroyer rows. Okay, Russ, uh, give us some more information about it. Yeah, over 1,000 were supplied via Lend-Lease channels to U.S. allies, uh, the United Kingdom and Free France. They considered it fast, reliable, and armed and armored well enough for reconnaissance missions. The allies were also happy that the commanders often used their reconnaissance squadrons for fire support missions, for which the M8 was suited for. When it encountered German armored reconnaissance units, the M8 could easily penetrate their armor with its 37mm gun and did well as anti-reconnaissance vehicle. So when the Germans sent out their armored recon, which was, what, a half-track or something like that, really what didn't have very many guns, they just had guys with machine guns, yeah, it'd kill a half-track no problem. Oh, yeah. So, okay, bonus for us, yeah. and bonus for Free France and United Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know the reason they keep these things around 2006 cuz they were so easy to yes. fix. Yes. And 
easy to ship. Okay. Uh, so, all in all, the M8 was a great vehicle. And like we said, you know, it got to be used as a TD. And But, Russ, tell us about the, if it, you know, the tangle with the German super heavies, like the King Tiger. Here's that story about a detached King Tiger that had broken down as its unit pressed on to another location. German records state that there should have been no Tiger IIs in the area, but neglected to mention the detached King Tiger that was moving unsupported, trying to return it to its unit acting independently. But American record clearly identified it as a King Tiger kill. Although many debate if it was just a Panther tank misidentified, stating the rear armor was too thick for a 37mm to pin, at least on paper anyway, but as we know, live rounds sometimes defy what is written, and the German steel at that time was very brittle and poor quality. So the King Tiger versus the M8 will be hotly debated forever. To state the facts, uh, to support it, it, this is probably the truth. The captain who was you know, out there in the field, this Captain W.H. Uh, Ant- How do you say his name? Anst- Anstey. Anstey. Uh, he was the commander of the Company A of the 38th Armored Infantry Battalion. I don't think this guy was a liar. You know, he's been in Europe. He's been in the fight. He's seen the Panther tanks. He's seen the Panther threes, Panther fours. He's been blowing these things up just with infantry. And now he's got one of these cars. He's 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 not saying, "Oh, I drove out there and killed it," but. Here he goes out and he goes, hey, this is the Tiger II and this is what happened. They killed it. You know, and like yeah, you, you were saying. You, you would think he would know what he's looking at. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to look at this, you know, this captain, captain uh, this of this uh, Company A, here's a guy that's been fighting all through mm-hmm. Africa and, sure. and, and into Europe and, and a brave guy. But he knows that he's got to identify what's out here. And this is the first time he's ever said, that's a Tiger II. Yeah. You know, and they killed it. They went up and looked at it and, you know, Dang. probably somewhere to pose pictures yeah, sure. with it that we'll never see. Sure. But, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead uh, and finish the story there, Russ. I'm sorry. During the Battle of St. Vith and the Battle of the Bulge on December 18th of 1944, an M8 armored car from Troop B... 87th Cavalry Reconnaissance Squadron and Company A was able to destroy a German Tiger II heavy tank. The M8 fired three 37mm rounds through the rear armor of the Tiger II from only about 25 yards, setting it on fire. Its speed was the key to success in this engagement with the Tiger tank. So more than likely, it just whipped around it in circles until it... Well, I think what he's talking about, it was going down a road... Or something like that, and it drove up behind it. Wow. Go ahead, Russ. I'm the sorry. armored car had been in a concealed position near the boundary of Troop B, 87th Cavalry Reconnaissance Squadron, and Company A, 38th Armored Infantry Battalion, when the Tiger approached the lines at right angles to move along a trail in front of the main line of resistance. As the tank passed the armored car, the latter slipped out of position and started up the trail behind the Tiger, accelerating in an attempt to close. At the same moment, the German tank commander saw the M8 and started traversing his gun to bear on it. 
It was a race between the Americans who were attempting to close so that their 37mm gun would be effective on the Tiger's rear armor and the Germans who were desperately striving to bring their 88 to bear. Rapidly, the M8 closed to 25 yards and quickly pumped in three rounds. The Tiger stopped and shuddered. There was a muffled explosion followed by flames which billowed out of the turret and engine ports after which the armored car returned to its position. You know, here's what I'm saying about this. Uh, we have records that say there were no Tiger Twos during that day that should have been there. Yeah. Except there was one or two that were broken down. So it was trying to get back to its unit. It, it, it was like, oh, we need to hurry up and get where we're going. So it went off by itself independently well here's this m8 in you know cover and it's driving by and the entire crew is like uh that's not a panzer three that's not a panzer four that's yeah. not a panther it's not a tiger they're like oh my god that's something huge <laughs> that we haven't seen so the tiger wow. two goes through and you know those guys were talking about because they had to drive up to catch it. Yeah. And they're, you know what they were doing. They sure. were all sitting there like, man, he didn't see us, thank God. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the commander was like, hey, uh, it's going to run into our guys up there. We're going gonna to get those guys killed. We, we need to try and stop that. Wow. And you know somebody was in that truck saying, no, let's let this one slide, man. That's a little too big for it's us. Calling the big firepower, yeah. But, you know, they manned up. Sure. And, and, and they went after it. So they drove up as fast as they could, and they're racing up there, and finally this German commander looks behind him, and he's like, holy uh -oh, crap. Yeah. So they get within 25 yards, and people say, well, 37 won't, you know, hit, or, you know, won't pin a Tiger II in the back. And I'm like, this is getting close to the end of the war. Their steel is having some problems. Sure. They're forging how they're making it was getting brittle the steel was getting brittle at 25 yards with some good hard armor piercing I, I, rounds yeah. with 37 yeah you can probably I, do it from the back i think it would probably do it yeah, well it hit something sure. and, and it made it die and yeah. catch fire yeah so they went and killed it and they raced back to position and here's this you know captain he says well we Kill the tiger too. Let's go make sure because he's got to write it down. Sure. And he fills out the reports and says, "Yeah, we killed these Panzer three tanks. We killed these Panzer four. We got these half tracks. We actually got a Tiger uh, six. You know that we killed Tiger one. Yeah. Here's the story on how we got this wow. Tiger two. That's incredible. So that's just a great story, you know. And we, I tried to research this and. That's the best I can come uh, up hey. with. Yeah, that's neat. So we're going to have to go ahead and close up the and do a wrap-up on this episode. But what a great episode. Oh, it was. That, that, that was very interesting. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, next episode, let's try to do one of the SPGs. Yeah. Self-propelled gun. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell us about how people can contact us. Yeah, you can always contact us through our email address at uh, twotankersandacat at gmail.com or on Facebook. Uh, please, please, please find us on Facebook. In the search bar on Facebook, just type in the Two Tankers and a Cat podcast, and you should be able to get on there. I believe we've got about 300 likes or so. We'd kind of like to see that go up and 
and get the word out that we're out here and and going strong as always we want you to please leave us your feedback or comments either through email or on facebook Uh, we will always get back to you right now it may take us a little bit longer um, since I am in the process of moving and, and with my new job and everything, but we will get back to you, I promise. Um, we had a nice gentleman ask us about the Discord, yes. and uh, uh, we're working on that. We are. We are. I apologize that that's not completely set up yet, but we are still working on it. Yeah, because I still want to do interviews with Craig yes, yes. and Ed and all those guys, yeah. and even this David. Yeah, I would love to do an apology episode uh, yeah. for him and have him uh, come on there and make fun of yeah. us. And the other thing about the Discord, if there's anybody out there that'd like to help us with that, um, be administrators or anything like that, or or has set anything up like that in the past, get a hold of us. Because we sure don't know how to do it. Yeah, we're... we're old. We're new. We're new <laughs> at all this technology stuff like that. So, And here's the funny thing. Uh, me and Russ are doing live streams of uh, Two Tankers and a Cat and Rogue Gaming. I started Rogue Gaming. We've had a ton of support. Um, like That's the awesome. other episode, I think at the last time I streamed, we had like 9,200 people Holy swing by. Cow. That's great. And, and that's awesome. It is. And it's uh, a great way to get our thing out yeah, there. Yeah, our podcast know. name out there. Yeah. So, yeah, you can come watch me fail hey. at doing tanks and World of Tanks. But uh, until next time, this is Charlie. And this is Russell. Happy tanking and have a great day.